What's going on, good people, and welcome to Relationship Goals. I'm Reverend Kojo, your host. Now, we're talking about how you're relating to your significant other and those landmines you've been navigating with your mother and father. We're talking about your brothers and sisters and how y'all have been nighting day since the time you were born. We're talking about that boss that just doesn't seem to get you, and we're talking about those co-workers that you love. We're talking about that girl from 10th grade that scarred you. Yeah, we're talking about every friendship, kinship, and fellowship that you belong to. Why? Because relationships make the world go round. And if we can hack relationships, we can hack this thing called life. So you've just tuned into Relationship Goals with Reverend Gojo. What's going on, good people? I'm Reverend Kojo. And y'all, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about this one. Um, so <laughs> I told you I was going to be more regular. Um, and so I am, I, am, I'm, I am a person of my word. That is for sure. Um, today I want to talk about the difference between being naked and being nude. And and before you go on and you're like, I thought you were going to talk about other things. Being naked and being nude has to do with every relationship that you encounter from your friendships to how you treat your parents and especially how you treat your significant others. Um, because I think I'm going to challenge the way that we think about vulnerability. I'm going to challenge the way that we think about relationships um, because I'm convinced that a lot of us are either over vulnerable or we're too naked or some of us are under vulnerable and so either way we're suffering and so I, i'm going to give you the tools and tips that i like to use to help you with being vulnerable um but i want to talk about what vulnerability is i want to talk about what being nude is what being naked is in my definitions of course uh, because, you know, obviously being naked means you don't have any clothes on. But I, I want to go a little bit further and challenge your thinking on what, what these words can mean. Um, and so, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I want to kind of frame this around uh, Genesis 2.25, where it says, uh, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Um, because I believe this. Based off of the definitions I want to use tonight, and I'm not saying that this is Webster's and you got to use these forever, and I want you to stop saying this, this is not what I'm saying, but for the framing of today, I want us to think of being nude, um, that it will insinuate that we don't have any clothes on, okay? Uh, to be nude would mean that we don't have any clothes on, but to be naked with someone means that you've shown them the insides of you, that you have shown them all of your little idiosyncrasies and the things that are, exist on the inside of you. And you you can have shared it with them, okay? And see, that can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. And I want to discuss the whys and the where. And and I, I want to frame it around this idea that we impress people with our successes, but we connect with people in our failures. Um, and, and I'm going to preface it by this. I don't have a lot of friends. Even my closest of friends I don't talk to uh, very frequently. Don't have a lot of friends. Um, <laughs> don't have a lot of people that... I can be naked with, but of the people that I can be naked with, those relationships are intimate. And I'm going to say it like this is that in my life right now, I don't have a significant other. <laughs> had one, had very healthy relationships, had very toxic relationships. Um, but my intimacy level with the people that I am naked with and naked being vulnerable with is probably deeper than it's ever been with anybody. And I want to give you those tools and, and why this works and, and, and what, what we do with that. So and I, want, I want to, let's look at the verse real quick before we get into the why around it. You know, and, and they were both naked and the man and his wife. 
and they were not ashamed. So first thing, metaphorically, um, they were we, they were bonded. They had just claimed one another. God, they had just had the first marriage had just ensued, and so metaphorically they were bonded. And and we can say that they were naked and not ashamed. So on the surface level, they were probably, you know, they were naked. They didn't have clothes. They they weren't ashamed. There was no reason to wear clothes because their shame had not been introduced because their sin had not been introduced. Also, the A, they didn't have clothes. The second thing is so we can we can literally believe that they probably had just consummated their marriage, okay? And so they were nude with one another. But let's go one level deeper. I believe because they were naked and shame was not a thing, they had all the cards were on the table. Now, sure, in my thinking mind, you could probably be like, well, they were just created. What kind of dirt could they have? But, 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 but here's the point, imperfection imperfection in the garden and that's how I like to look at the garden when I go back and I study in the garden imperfection they did not they there was no room for shame all their cards were on the table there was nothing too big that they would not go and tell the other one about in the garden there was no room for shame imperfection so you know a lot of us jump to the opportunity to hop in bed with people and we like to get nude with them because it makes us feel good but I want to get down to the heart of why that is okay um, I want to get down to the heart of, of the problem because a lot of a lot of young ladies come to my office. A lot of young ladies call me, um, and every now and then a, a young man. Uh, but for the most part, a lot of lo- young ladies call me, and they have these walls up to the ceiling. <laughs> they have these walls up, and these walls they put these walls up to ever avoid ever feeling hurt before because they trusted somebody. And that person, that somebody they trusted might have been mom and daddy, or they trusted somebody, it might have been their first boo. They trusted somebody, it might have been a friend who told everybody their business. But they trusted somebody, and whomever they trusted broke their trust. And that feeling that they felt when they found out that the whole world knew their most intimate prize destroyed them. And so instead of going and trying to fix the problem, instead of saying, maybe that's a rotten apple, they said, Oh my God, everybody is like this terrible demon and I will never show my heart to anyone again. And so they put these walls up and those walls keep the world out. And so it successfully keeps your heart from being broken. But God created us for communion. He created us to live in community. You remember it was God that said it was not good for man to be alone. Man didn't say that. He designed us to need each other. So we put these walls up and it keeps us from breaking our heart. It keeps us from getting any more holes in our hearts for, for letting the love leak out. But it also keeps there being any love from to be poured in. The heart never gets to grow. It just shrivels up. Because these walls are up to protect us, to keep us from ever being manipulated or to ever being cheated on or to ever have a broken heart again. And, and I'm going to just throw myself into my career. And, and this is the opposite side of what I talked about last time, because last time I encouraged you to dive into purpose, dive into purpose. And, and, and I want you to keep diving into purpose. But there is this danger when you dive into career and you dive into purpose, but you'd never connect with anyone. Purpose, when when God designed us to walk in purpose, he designed us to reach purpose with somebody. You know, the Bible tells us that one is better than two and, and, and three. When you have three people, a, a three-braided cord is not easily broken. It was his design that we would have friendship. It was his design that we would have somebody to help us, to complete us, uh, or to enlarge our capacity. But when we are so hurt, so damaged, we put up these walls because we think that it will fix us. 
And so the first thing I want to suggest is that healing does not happen behind walls. Healing does not happen behind walls. If you, when we start talking about being hurt, we have to find out the, heart, the crux of the issue. Not put up this wall and guard me from ever getting hit again. What went wrong in that relationship? Did I trust the wrong person? Were there signs? Did I, did I, did I tell my, did I give my pearls away too soon? Did I hop into bed with somebody who didn't deserve me? Did I miss some signs? Was, what was I naive about? Or was this really just a bad person? What happened in the relationship? What happened in the friendship? When, when, the, mean, when the good girl that you thought was going to be your best friend forever turned into a mean girl? You know, the craziest thing that ever happened to me happened to me about four years ago. And somebody who had been my friend for a while turned on me at the drop of a hat. And I didn't see it coming. I could never have imagined that it happened, that it happened the way that it happened. And when I tell you it turned ugly, it went to hell with gasoline draws on. It went bad. And it, when it went bad, it went bad fast. And they took my reputation with them. And they went around trying to convince everybody that I was a terrible person. And I'm glad that I had a reputation that some people had to sit back and say, no, I don't know about Reverend Kojo. I have known Reverend Kojo just about as long as you've known Reverend Kojo. And I don't know. I, I don't know about that. But there were so many people who look, still look at me crazy based off of how that relationship went wrong. And I could have put up walls and said, I will never trust another person. I don't want any more friends. I don't want to do And then I, my, my friend group has never been that big again. But I could have said, I don't need communion. I do not need community. I don't want to deal with people. But instead, I said, what was wrong? Because truthfully, the friendships, not all of them, but some of them were built off of gossip. They didn't have any substance. Some of them were built off of relationship with other people, but it was never cultivated in us having conversation. And so there was no depth or breadth for us to pull from. And so when stuff went bad, they could trust the other person. Was the other person bad? You know, I like to sit back and think that, but I also like to think that maybe I had something to do with it too. And I've looked at the circumstances and what happened and how mis humiliated I was, how bad it went, how depressed I got. And I looked at what happened in the situation and I said, okay, what can I do better next time? I could have let the walls build up. Was probably three inches away from starting to build. Don't want to deal with nobody. And I didn't deal with anybody for a while. Didn't want to talk to nobody. And that's the crazy part. And I, and I can't speak for you, but I know about this. I was building walls that I didn't want to build. I really wanted friendship. I really wanted to commune with people. I really wanted to be included, but I was so hurt that I didn't want to feel that. So I didn't want to feel that anymore. And so I'm building walls and my heart is bleeding. I really want somebody to come in and mend the, mend the wounds. I'm building walls, but I'm frustrated. And so what I want to introduce to you today is, 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 is I want to give us healthy tools, healthy tools to help us protect ourselves from the pain that vulnerability does not have to bring. Because we're not designed to be vulnerable with anybody. Now, I've grown to live by this idea that 
Um, if I tell it first, you can't hurt me with it. <laughs> and so there are a lot of things that I will get out in front of, and I'll just tell my business before anybody else has the opportunity to tell it. Because if I tell it before anybody else tells it, it ain't news. Because I told it. It wasn't a secret because I told it. But there are some things that I hold close to me. And a lot of those things I hold close to me because people like my parents recommend that I not tell anybody. <laughs> um, but... But I, I want to give you some tools for, for vulnerability and, and how to pick out who you should be vulnerable with. Um, because when we understand who we should be vulnerable with, um, I think we get a better handle on how to operate in friendship. Because as I'm going to talk about next week, um, God didn't just design friendship to be one of those things that we come and go out of. God didn't design friendship to be one of those things that we do haphazardly. Uh, friendship uh, has is a covenant thing just like uh, marriage is. It's two different covenants. They have they serve two different purposes, and every now and then somebody gets really lucky and they marry their best friend. But for the most part, it's two different covenants, and and everybody doesn't get that story. But friendship is not designed for you to come and go as you please. <laughs> It's not. It's not not godly friendship. Now, sure, if, if you're drinking buttons, that's that's a different situation. But when we talk about exploring the depths of what relationship can be and how God designed it to operate, there are friendships that God, that there are friendships and friendship can serve great purpose in your life if you let it, if you commit to it. And, and I know that's a scary word for a lot of people. A lot of folks don't like that word commitment. But if you commit to it, there are, there are things that friendship can do for you. Now, so I like Brene Brown. If you, if you don't know Brene Brown, just Google vulnerability, Ted. Uh, I love Brene Brown. Brene Brown has this definition of vulnerability, and she says it's to tell the whole story of who you are with your whole heart. And it is to not withhold yourself when you're telling people who you are, uh, not to withhold pieces of yourself, not to feel like you, you are not worthy of an opportunity, to feel like you are not worthy because of who you've been or, or what happened to you. It is to tell the stories of your past as a badge of honor, even when people may not understand them. And that's kind of where I believe, where, where, where I say I, I believe that if I tell my business that it ain't news no more. <laughs> if I tell it before you tell it, it's not news anymore because I told it. But she says that because, and she studied this, this idea of vulnerability and shame, um, and she believes that shame is, is, um, is necessary. I don't believe shame is necessary. Uh, and I love Brene Brown, but I don't believe shame is necessary um, because I think when we are connected with the right people, they're not going to shame us. And when we're vulnerable with the right people, they're not going to shame us, okay? So, but, 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 and you're probably sitting here, well, why does it matter if I'm vulnerable or not? You know, we can hang out and have a good, good time. But, but I believe that God created us to do and to be, not only to do and to be, but to feel and experience. And then, but then not only did he create us to feel and experience, but he created us to be felt and to be experienced. You are an experience. I know I'm an experience, but you are an experience. There is something about you that has never existed in the earth before. There is something about you that the earth has never seen and that somebody would, has been created to enjoy that. Or maybe somebody's have been created to enjoy the gifts that God has impregnated you with. And if you're never vulnerable 
and everybody only sees the surface there are there is there are landmines that are buried with inside of you there are gold mines that are buried with inside of you and when i say landmines there are things that they could set off in you that would launch us into the next generation there are gold mines that are are inside of you that we have never tapped into and so to be vulnerable with somebody would be to share that and see, when you share it with the right person, you may share it with somebody who can help cultivate it in you. Maybe push you toward purpose. Maybe help you see that you are somebody. Take the things that people made fun of you and show you that they're really beauty marks. They said they were freckles, but they showed you how beautiful they could be. Vulnerability takes the way that you think and it says it's worthy and it's worth something. And see, life is well measured by the relationships that make us who we are. There are people who have crossed my path that have made me, made me who I am. There are people who I've experienced um, who, who have connected with me, and they've only come for a little bit of time. But because they came in my life, they enlightened me on one thing that set me on a trajectory toward purpose. They set me on something that changed how I think. There are people in my life right now that I know for a fact God sent to me to help me understand something that I got. I had the idea at 11, but I never got to tap into it because I never really understood it. And since I never understood it and nobody could walk with me through it, I just assumed maybe it was a dumb idea. And then they came along and it worked. And see, what happens, right, is that when we're vulnerable with people, and we share our heart and we share our thoughts and our thought prices, processes, two things can happen, okay? The first one is my favorite, is, is what I call soul sex. Soul sex can happen, right? And what it is, <laughs> it's like I need to taste your thought process, you know? Together, let's unravel the secret riddles of life. Let's sort through the cosmos of time. I want to I wanna taste your mind. I want to understand why you tick like you tick. And I want to tell you about this, uh, the songs that play in my mind. I want to tell you about the opera that sings when you walk in the room, when I see you. It, it, it's, it's a form of intimacy that is deeper than one could imagine. And it's not based on sex. I use that word because often when we think of soul ties, we think of sex, but it's not. It's based on communion. It's, it's based on spending time in your presence. There's, there's about two or three people that I've met so far in this life that I can sit in the room with them for hours and talk. And a lot of people can talk to me for hours, but I can sit in the room with them for hours and talk and feel so fulfilled. And there's about one person on this earth that I can sit in the room in silence and get that same feeling. It's, it's, it's a deeper level of intimacy that happens when you've shown them that they're worthy of being seen. And often a lot of us don't do that. We don't listen well. We sit there, we have the conversation, but the phone is vibrating, we're in the phone. Or they're, they're, we're telling them to repeat themselves because we're not half listening because we're thinking our own thoughts. We're thinking about how we're going to respond. But, but this idea of soul sex goes a little bit further and it's, it's, it, 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 it sets aside everything else and it focuses on what we're talking about. It goes deeper and it wonders why you, you think the way that you think. And it, it gets excited when you begin to explain your thought process. It doesn't try to say, compare, oh, that's how I think. No, I want to understand you. 
And it, it and it takes a lot to be that kind of friend. Because a lot of times we're sitting here trying to share our own agenda. I want to tell you what's going on in my life. You tell me what's going on in your life. But 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 in order to get this level of intimacy, it says, I didn't matter what's going on with me. I want to get what's going on with you. Let me see why you think the way you think. Let me see why you got going on what you, what you have going on. And I'm going to take the time to be intentional with you. This entire time, we sit here for 30 minutes or we sit here for three hours. Let me be intentional with you. I've had conversations with people into the wee hours of the morning. And when I say we watched the sunrise, sunset and sunrise, we watched it set and kept talking and then it rose again. And then we said, maybe we should go to bed. And that wasn't even a sexual relationship. Never been attracted to that person. Matter of fact, we ain't even friends no more. But what I'm suggesting is that there is a level of intimacy that has nothing to do with sex that can take you deeper with your friendships and your significant, your significant other when you set yourself aside and you admire their nakedness, not their body, but the things that they're afraid to share with others. And see, but what's dangerous about this is that soul sex can turn into soul rape. And so if somebody pours their, 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 their insides to you, they pour their thought process to you and you use them and you manipulate them. I know that I know that your daddy didn't do you right. So let me treat you good. Let me and then I'm gonna treat you good until you let me smash. And now that you've let me smash, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ghost for a little bit. And then I I need to get something from you again. And so I come back and I treat you good again. And I make you think that I'm back. Maybe I had something going on. I, I didn't understand. And so since I manipulated you for a little while, let me come back. I'm gonna come back. Whoa, 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 rewind. And I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat you right for a little while. And then I'm gonna manipulate your thinking into thinking that I'm the best thing that ever happened to you because nobody ever listened to you like that. And so I'm taking your jewels. I'm taking your pearls. And then I'm really, you know, I'm really not. Concerned turn with them. I'm not steward them well. Or I'm going to tell so-and-so and laugh at them because you got daddy issues. And so I want you to experience intimacy on this level because it has really blown my mind. But I want to give you what I consider my eight tips and tricks on how to determine who to share yourself with. Okay. Because the truth is, is that you can share yourself with the wrong person and you, the walls will get higher and higher. But if you share yourself with the right person, they'll help you dismantle those walls. And they'll help you walk through life in ways that you didn't know that you were capable of walking. You'll breathe fresher. And the right person, the right friend, the right significant other will push you toward purpose in ways that you didn't even know were yours. So first thing, question you need to ask yourself, are they patient with you? Like, when they talk to you, like... And like I told you, you're not going to get to the level of, of, of that level of intimacy if they're not patient with you. Or you shouldn't. You should not tell people the things that you think about that are embarrassing. And, and you shouldn't cultivate conversation in ways like that. And they're not patient with you. You need to ask yourself, how do they treat the wait staff? Are they patient with them? Because if they don't treat the wait staff right, or they can't treat, talk to the lady in the McDonald's drive-thru, even though I don't not go to that place, nice but they're patient with you, they will flip on you at, at the drop of a hat. Next question, you need to ask yourself, how do I view me? And how do they view me? Do the two match? Okay, do they match? If, if I view myself at a seven and they view me at a eight, you might be all right. But if I view myself at a seven and they treat me like I'm a three, 
you need to you need to dial yourself back because no that don't mean that you need to be treated like a three that means that you have varying viewpoints of yourself and that you need to find somebody who can see you for you number three when you talk do you feel peace now let's not mistake peace for serenity because serenity can be manufactured you can create sense serenity you can make serenity. I can go to the lake and I can be serene. I can lay in a hammock and be serene. I can go to the spa and be serene. Peace comes from a, a inner state of being that exists on the inside of me. And so if I find peace, peace does not have to do with anything that's happening around me. Peace has everything to do with the God that I serve. It has everything to do with the things that he has already orchestrated. It is this sense of prophecy, if you will, that says whatever's going on, you ain't got to worry about it. Okay. Then you need to ask yourself, do I feel safe? The funny thing is there's, there's a, a, a young lady who was in my master's cohort with me. We stayed up at my house and, and she came over to do a project. I don't trust her a whole lot. And she slept at my house and, uh, I locked my bedroom door. I have never locked my bedroom door. I've had a room. I had a roommate for five years. Uh, I don't have one now. But when she stayed here, I locked the door. I didn't trust her. And I was like, Lord, don't let my TVs walk out of here. My TVs and my computers and all this equipment. And and nothing happened. But I didn't feel safe. On the contrary, STC came and and we traveled all that time and stayed in the same hotel room. So I'd hand STC my phone, my wallet, the keys to my car. Um, if STC showed up at my house today, could get it all. I feel safe. I ain't never had to question it. I feel safe. And so if you, if you don't feel like you can rest around this person, if you're always asking what's their intentions, you know, the next question is like, when they talk to you, do they talk to you about other people's shortcomings? Because if they'll talk to other people about their short, talk to you about other people's shortcomings, they're definitely going to be telling people about your business. Then, do you ever wonder why they ask you certain questions? Like, why did you ask me that? Where did you get that from? Why would, where would, why would you do that? Because if they ask you things that seem like they're picking, they probably are. Um, and then, I want you to ask the question, are they contributing on the same level of this relationship? You know, are you giving 90 and they're giving 10? Because even if all of that other stuff is right, Something is unhealthy in the mix. They don't value you the way that you value them. And if those are the if that's the case, we got a problem. Now, for those of you who are thinking about being vulnerable with a significant other, I just want to warn you that nudity without nakedness runs the risk of disease mentally, emotionally, and physically. What do I mean? Hopping in the bed with somebody who has you've not who hasn't been naked with you, who hasn't been vulnerable with you. It, it runs the risk of you getting hurt and somebody adding a hole to your heart and you're going to go throw some walls up and see a lot of people think that they can be nude with somebody they can have sex with somebody without being naked with them and really what that does is does this uh, level of damage to your thought process to the way that you behave in ways that that is scary and unhealthy and it doesn't have to be your story and then I want to tell you this, fulfillment happens when you can rest in somebody. You know, last time, last week I told y'all about, um, I talked, we talked about Adam and Eve and, and how God created them for, created Eve for Adam. And fulfillment comes 
when not only do you feel safe, but you know that you're protected and that they help you grow and you help them grow. Fulfillment comes when you can rest in somebody. And if you can't rest in them, I, I wouldn't be vulnerable with them. And that's just how I feel about it. I, I mean, I, I believe this. I believe that it is God's design that you be naked with some people here in this lifetime. I do not believe it's God's design that you tell everybody your business. I do not believe that it's God's design that you live a life where you everybody has on blast. But I also don't believe it's God's design that you stay behind some walls. Your best life is going to be when you have people or person, maybe one or two, where you can share your whole self with them. Because as long as you're having to hide, you will never feel free. Simple. I found out some information about my, my own body and, and stuff um, last year. And one of the most freeing things was being able to tell people about what I thought about myself was true. Um, it, it, it was the most freeing thing in the world to be able to tell folk, this is what's going on in my body. This is why I, I am the way that I am. And when I found that out and I was able to share it, and I was it, what I shared was received, it changed the whole world. So that's, that's, this has been Relationship Goals. I'm Reverend Kojo. Hey, y'all be sure to, to leave a review. If you don't have a five to leave, well, uh, keep that between you and the Lord. Y'all be blessed. <laughs> Until next week, this has been Relationship Goals.